0: Learn more at marines.com. All right, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove here. It's always game day in Buffalo. It's going to be game day on Sunday in Baltimore. It is the Bills taking on the Ravens, a big AFC tilt. So the weather early in the week, it was looking like it would be almost, I wouldn't say monsoonish, Matt, mm-hmm. but it would be like pretty heavy rain. some pretty good wind. Um, Because of Hurricane Ian coming up the coast, some of the remnants of that would still be around. It looks like Ian is slowing down, which is actually horrible news for the people down in Florida and the Southeast, but looks like maybe not as much rain, but it's still going to be wet. It's still going to be a rainy day, and it's still going to be a little bit of a wind. So we'll see how it it plays out, but maybe not as bad as we all thought uh, originally. Who does this benefit if it is a little bit windy and a little bit rainy? Because... Neither team, I mean, neither team really runs the ball outside their quarterback very well these days. It seems like, and both of them want to use their quarterback to throw the ball. And the Ravens have been great at that just as much as the
1: bills are with Josh Allen. Okay. So I'm looking at the weather right now. Cloudy with occasional rain showers, high around 65 degrees, winds northeast 10 to 20 miles an hour, 60% chance of rain. That's Mm -hmm. for Sunday. That's according to weather.com. And it's
0: gone down. It was like 75 or 80% on uh, a couple of days ago. So maybe by the time we get there, it doesn't rain, but it looks like
1: it'll be wet in some capacity, maybe pretty breezy. I think if it's a ground and pound monsoon game, it hurt, It helps the Ravens and it hurts the Bills. Mm-hmm. Even though the Ravens running game has not been overly impressive to this point this year, I think that's been the one area for the Bills that has really fallen short of what my expectations were. I don't necessarily think that's all on the running backs either. I just don't think the offensive line, especially in run blocking, is very good. I think they'll get better as the season goes on, but if it's going to be a sloppy muck fest of a game where both teams know that they're going to run on first down on second down and then they're going to figure out what they do on third down I think that helps the Ravens because I don't think the Bills have a very strong offensive line specifically in the run game
0: yeah I mean you could really talk yourself into either one of these things because if I would say sure if the Ravens have to run the ball and Lamar Jackson, and the both teams have to. You know, you give the edge maybe to them because he can break a long one. But I, I would also say that, you know what? It gives the Bills a chance to concentrate on stopping that run a little bit more and not having to worry about the deep passing attack that they have so far, which they do. I look over at that Ravens team. There's also some issues right now. So let's not, let's take weather out of the equation. Yeah. They Ronnie Stanley is a big question mark. We don't know if he's going to play. They have a rookie left tackle. uh, Falela is his name. I believe Falela is how you say it. And he actually came in and played because they're down to their, he was their third string. He's playing. If Ronnie Stanley plays, it'll be his first game in like over a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He came back for, he came back for a game last year. I believe. Right. So I think, so like two years, he's played one game and he hasn't
0: played yet. And if he does do that, he's going to step on the field, even though he's a former all pro step on the field against Von Miller in his first game back. I'm not so sure how that would go anyway. In the meantime, it could be a rookie left tackle. And then you look at what they've been doing. And as great as Lamar has been, here's a great stat for you, Matt. And everybody out there, take a look at the Ravens receiving chart. 22 catches for Mark Andrews, the tight end. The next closest is eight catches. Now, great big plays from Bateman and Duvernay. Like they both have eight catches each and they make great big plays down the field, but 22 for one guy, a tight end. And then the next closest in eight catches for a wide receiver.
1: When we think about Mark Andrews, because he is such a significant part of their offense. I mean, it's, it's Lamar throwing to Mark Andrews and then them running the ball, basically. What do you think the bills plan would be? What's their plan of attack? Do you think that they try and have a specific player shadow him the entire game? Do you think that they lean on a couple different guys? Like how, how do you think this time around they will try and contain Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews is going to get his, it's a matter of not letting him take over the game. I think. So there was a stat that I don't know offhand that showed when Matt
0: Milano has been on the field, tight ends have had much, much, much less success against the Buffalo bills. When he's, when they, he's not on the field. Mm -hmm. So that tells me Matt Milano plays a big role in covering tight ends. And we've seen that he's an athletic linebacker. He can cover for sure. I think that's the plan. It's not you're one-on-one with Mark Andrews all the time, but I think that's a guy that you'll see matched up with him in coverage. Um, I think Matt Milano plays a big, big role here. Uh, I think the bills could at times also go with a three linebacker set. They did that against the Ravens in 2020 in the playoffs. Remember AJ Klein played a bunch in that yep. game. In this situation, it would be either Tyrell Dodson or Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard might be the guy here yeah, maybe Bernard, because he's such a good cover linebacker. I maybe agree. he goes in there. The bills don't want to go from their base package with Nicole lot, but they will do it in situations like this. I think. It's probably either Milano in a base nickel package or Terrell Bernard as a third linebacker to make sure that Mark Andrews doesn't go off.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Terrell Bernard because I think they're trying to figure out ways to get him on the field because they've been impressed with him, not only in the first couple of games of the season, but also going back to training camp. And he seems like the perfect kind of person to do that. I'm also, excuse me, a little bit intrigued by Saran Neal. Like I would like to see Saran Neal more involved in the Bills defense up to this point. It was a little surprising that he wasn't more involved given the injury that they dealt with last week, especially in Miami, but at the same time, maybe they have a plan in place or they didn't want to get to that point. It's interesting though, Bateman and Duvernay, they both can take the top off on a defense. So that's something that the bills definitely have to prepare for. I mean, They don't do it to the level that waddle and Hill do it. So I don't think it's going to be as something they're so laser locked in on like they were last week against Miami, but Lamar is just playing like a man possessed right now. So that's the thing for the bills. It's just understanding that Lamar Jackson is going to probably, it's funny because the Ravens are probably going to put up points. The bills will have to outscore them in a marathon which is kind of what we thought was going to happen last week against the dolphins. And it's definitely what we thought was going to happen after the game became, what was it? 14, 14. And it was like, okay, yeah, I hope everybody has the over. And then after that, it just became a big mistake fest and the bills couldn't score. And the dolphins had one more touchdown after that. So I think this week, the bills are going to need to put up more points to outpace the Ravens. I also think they're going to be able to, because I think that like the Maryvale, team could go score some points on the Ravens or, you know, late. What, what's a good, did you go to Maryville? No, you went to cheek to Waga. I was trying to no, say,
0: Oh, you know, I knew I, I, once you said Maryville, I'm like, yeah. are you really have to use a rival?
1: I'm sorry. I knew but it was something I went, in I,
0: I went to Cleveland Hill, which is in cheek and growing up Cleveland Hill and Maryville, were arch enemies and rivals, and that's kind of been renewed. Although Maryville's a little bit of a bigger school, yeah. uh, I played against Chickawaga. We didn't play against Maryville, so that was a bit of a rival. And now it's basically Cleve Hill and JFK. There's four schools in Chickawaga, but thank you for thinking of it. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I was thinking. Did get, I was, did get the wrong team there. Although I will tell you, I have many friends at Maryville, so shout out to the Flyers.
1: There's way too many teams in Chicktawaga <laughs> There's only one Niagara Field Falcons. There today. you go. So there you there don't you get confused with all of the other teams that are in the area. There's too many Chickawaga to teams.
0: Yeah, you're right though that the Ravens defense just has not been the kind of the typical Ravens defense that we're accustomed to seeing, which is, you know, shutting teams down aggressive. And, you know, they weren't that great last year either, but talk, we talking with uh, one of the Ravens reporters, uh, Bo Smoka, who was on Bo Smoka, excuse me, who was on WGR with us this week on the extra point show. He said, the big issue is they cannot get pressure right now. They can't get oh. anything off the edge. They can't get any pressure. And Matt, they signed Jason Pierre Paul to add to that that he might actually play against the bills on Sunday. And he just got a Ravens uniform on Wednesday.
1: They same conversation I had with Sean Steppner used to work at channel seven. We worked together. He covers the Ravens now. And the first thing that I asked him was about the Ravens defense. And that was the same thing he brought up. He was like, they get literally no pressure. So if Josh Allen has a couple seconds, every single play to pick apart a defense, he's going to do that. And their secondary is banged up, not banged up to the level. It was when they played the dolphins two weeks ago, but still banged up. And by Bill's standards, like, Josh Allen will be able to have a day. They don't have a Xavier Howard on the Ravens in the Ravens secondary. So, and it's interesting because when I think of the Ravens still historically, I think of Lamar Jackson now, and I think of a really stout defense that is going to make you earn every single play that you get this year. It is not that way. They're two and one. I think they're a very good team, but I also think that they can really, be picked apart, especially on their defense. And that's why I'm more confident the bills can put up points, even if it is a kind of bad weather day, because if it's not a monsoon, they'll still be able to throw the ball. They might not be able to throw it 60. What was it? 62 times, 63 times like they did against the dolphins on Sunday but they'll still be able to throw the ball and they'll still be able to put points on the board.
0: Yeah. They do have Marlon Humphrey, and Marcus Peters, but it just seems like even those players right now aren't necessarily playing at the level. And I know they've been a little banged up as well, but speaking of banged up, let's go through the bills injury report, Matt, because um, it's lengthy. It's long. It's lengthy. Yeah. And there's some things we kind of have to kind of go over and discuss here and what you think about what's going to happen. So five players on Wednesday, like we said, we're talking here, recording this on Wednesday, things can change on Thursday and Friday, five players on Wednesday did not practice with, some sort of injury or illness, including Deion Dawkins, which is a non COVID related illness, Ryan Bates in the concussion protocol. We know they're not going to have Christian Benford. Jay Kumro is going to be out with the ankle sprain. Uh, And then Jordan Phillips also is going to be out. So out of those guys, um, you hope you get Deion Dawkins back. You're not going to get Benford back. That obviously could be problematic, but that's where Xavier Rhodes comes in. That's how you say his name. I asked him, you do say the X Xavier Rhodes might come in. They signed him to the practice squad. I would not be surprised. Matt Bovey. Tell me what you think. If he actually gets elevated and plays on Sunday, because he knows the defense, he's a veteran. I think they'd like to lean on him a little bit if they have to.
1: Oh, I think you will. I don't think it's not a surprise. I think it's the same thing that happened with Cole Beasley in Tampa Bay last week. They signed him to the practice squad. He was elevated and he played in the game. I think even with him only having three full practices with the bills they would probably feel more comfortable with him in Elam on the field as opposed to Ingram in Elam on the field and that's not a knock on Ingram he do you helped think his own he could even he was... start you think he could even start I do I do wow. yeah I mean I mean is it what do you think is it more likely that Ingram plays or that Rhodes plays it's
0: a good question I think Ingram played pretty well when he went on the field last week but yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. I've assumed that he would get elevated and just be there as kind of like, okay, we have a veteran we can turn to. I think at this point I might say Ingram's going to start, but I, I could definitely see.
1: Oh, and Xavier by the way, we, we shouldn't write off Dane Jackson yet either. Unbelievable. Oh, that, that was is a, right. That's a great point. Unbelievable that he was even on the practice field on Wednesday. Yeah. And we talked to him after, and he was, he was so, just honest and genuine and he was explaining kind of what was going through his head when it was all happening and how scary it was and how he hadn't seen the hit and it hurts him now to go back and watch it more than he said it even did when he was on the field mm-hmm. he said the support from bill's mafia was unbelievable he said people were sending him letters and edible arrangements and all this stuff but just the fact that it was nine days ago from the time that were it was almost nine like exactly nine days ago from the time when we're recording this podcast, he was in the back of an ambulance and he was getting transported to ECMC. And we didn't know if that guy would, you know, be at the facility anymore this year. We didn't know what was going to happen with Dane Jackson as a person, not Dane Jackson as a football player. And then on Wednesday he's at practice and he's specifically asked, Hey, is it really way too far fetched to think about you returning to the field? He gave you a very Sean, Sean McDermott cliche. We're just taking it day to day at this point, (laughs) but he did kind of give himself an out. He was like, but if they need me to go, I'll do what I can to go. I'm not sore. I'm not in pain. I'm ready. So I don't know. I think it's maybe a little bit of a long shot. But the fact that we're seeing him practice tells me that it's not that far down the road that he's back. And they didn't put him on injured
0: reserve, which means that they expect him back within that four week period.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that they expect him back sooner than that too. Just from what we saw at practice.
0: I'm glad you brought up Dean because that is a possibility. All right. So let's run through those because he was, he was limited at practice. He He was limited on Wednesday. Yes. That's right. Along with Gabe Davis with the ankle. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox, talk with him after he said it's really, he's just a little sore. <laughs> yeah,
1: he said he said the same. I, I think I think Dawson's good to go.
0: Yeah, he just he got drilled in the head, then he had a cramp, then he had the IV, so all that kind of stuff was happening. Cam Lewis has a forearm issue; he'll be fine. He had it kind of a. He's been dealing with that for months. Yep, exactly. Um, Mitch Morse, I think will be fine. I think that, to be honest with you, I think Mitch, to me, was close to playing last week because. I mean, that seemed like it kind of came out of the blue that he was not going to play. And maybe it was because of the six days and they couldn't really get him quite where they needed him to be. So I'd be surprised if Mitch Morris doesn't play this week. Um, the new guy, Justin Murray, people are like, why'd they sign a guy that's got a hurt foot, dude? He was limited <laughs> yeah. already. Well, I think there was an injury settlement why he got released anyway. And I think he has a bit of an injury that he's going to recover from, but they wanted some more depth. So that's why they sign him. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. he's going to play this week, but they feel like they can use him. Ed Oliver, we talked about he's limited. Jordan Poyer, what do you think about his chances?
1: I think he's going to play. I think based, I think based off of practice, just kind of an educated guess, I think Jordan Porter is going to be on the field on Sunday.
0: All right. So let, without Jake Kumaro, are we assuming Khalil Shakir gets a Jersey? Do you think they could elevate Isaiah Hodgins? Because if we talk about elevating um, Xavier Rhodes, that's one, you would get two, you get two guys to elevate every week. Is Isaiah Hodgins a candidate to be elevated or do they not need to do that because of Khalil Shakir?
1: What about Tavon
0: Austin? I thought about this. I don't think so because Tavon, I think you would do that if you needed a return man and they don't.
1: I agree. And I think that he's probably more similar to McKenzie and Crowder than he is to what Jay Kummerow brings. And that's why Hodgins is an interesting name because he is more of a boundary play. I think that they would be more likely to start Shakir than to elevate Hodgins from the practice squad, because there's a reason Shakir made the team and Hodgins didn't. Could you see both?
0: Could you see both happening? Him Shakir getting a Jersey on game day and elevating Hodgins, even if he doesn't dress, which has happened as well.
1: I do see that scenario. I don't necessarily think that's definitely going to happen, but I see that scenario. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. A lot of it also depends because Gabe is still on the injury report. A lot of it also right. depends on what Gabe Davis's status is because then if you're at all concerned about him or how many plays he's going to be able to take or how effective he's going to be, then I think you definitely elevate Hodgins because then you're down to digs. And then after that, who are you putting on the boundary? You would probably want somebody with a little bit of size and Shakir doesn't have that. Hodgins does. I don't think we're going to get to that point just from being out of practice on Wednesday. I think Gabe will be good to go. It's just a matter of the the injuries have kind of hit every position at this point.
0: Yeah. A couple of things to keep in mind here. Number one, um, another week, Marquez Stevenson is eligible to come back from injured reserve. Not saying he would, I mean, Uh that could be a longer injury. We, you know, but he, he is eligible to come back just like Tredavis white, by the way, from pop. Also one position they do not need to elevate defensive line. They've 10 right now on the active roster. So they're okay there. They've 10 guys on the active roster. And then finally, before we move on and take some questions, do you know what Tavon Austin's job is this week?
1: I'm guessing to see the scout team quarterback. He is Lamar Jackson. That's what I figured. I figured they just put a red eight Jersey on him and just let him <laughs> run around and lose his mind. <laughs> And throw if he can, I don't know, right? (laughs) He probably can.
0: Just be Tavon Austin, man, because you can be Lamar Jackson. Doesn't it make sense though, right? If you looked on the roster and I said, tell me the one guy that could simulate Lamar Jackson trying to run the ball, trying to simulate him. I think you'd point to Tavon Austin.
1: That's fun. That is cool. I mean, I know that like McKenzie has done it in the past as well. Ray, Ray McLeod did it. Ray, Ray McLeod did it. So Uh, Lamar Jackson is playing like a man possessed right now. He's playing like a different level of Lamar Jackson than I think a lot of us have ever seen or have seen since his MVP season. They've done a good job though. In the past against him, they've done a fairly good job. You know, it was an outstanding job in the playoff game. And even in the game in 2019, they did a pretty good job. The Bills had a chance at the end of that game. And it seemed like the Ravens that year were just out of this world good. So I think they'll have some things kind of schemed up to make it a little bit more of a difficult day for Lamar Jackson. This game's an interesting one. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. I, I think a lot of Bills fans are really, really concerned about this game. And I get it because Lamar is that good of a player. It's just a matter of, can the bills win a track meet? and know the bills better at a lot of other positions. And we'll address that at the end. All right. We'll definitely do that. And by the way, last time they
0: played, I mean, the first two times, Sean McDermott's only faced Lamar Jackson twice as a head coach because Lamar came in the league in 2018 and Sean McDermott was already a head coach in Buffalo, 20 carries, 73 yards. That's a really good job. Way carries. 73 yards.
1: You're right. But didn't he play in his season debut in 2018 in that blowout? As a starter. I'm sorry. As a yes, starter. You're, yes. Yes. You're right. You're that right. right. You're right. Way to correct me. That's okay. No, you're, you're right. But I do remember because that's also, we saw Josh in that game.
0: Yes. He has played him three times. Lamar has started twice against Sean McDermott. He okay. came in, he came in in that late in that game. In 2019 the Ravens came to Buffalo and won, and in 2020 the Ravens came to Buffalo in the playoffs and lost. And in those two games, 20 carries for 73 yards. The Bills did a very nice job on Lamar Jackson. Let's get to some questions, Matt.